Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 65 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guests today are so much fun. I've been cracking up just getting them set up for the show. You guys, you are in for a total treat. Robin Kennedy, welcome to the show. Hello. You hear it, guys. You hear it in their voice. You know you're going to have fun today. So Robin (laughs) Kennedy, see, they know, are the most unlikely entrepreneurs you'll ever meet. Sporting hairstyles that look like comic book characters and backgrounds in psychology, hypnosis, and show business, it's hard to believe they are serial entrepreneurs with an uncanny knack for building businesses with riotous email marketing. And you have to, if you are listening to this on the road, you must click through the link at sdran.com slash 65 and see them. They are really fun looking. Sorry guys, like you just, you are that means really weird. fun looking. That means strange, doesn't no, it? No, fun, I didn't say funny, I said fun. Super fun. fun. <laughs> okay, there's a fine line between funny and fun. Just two letters and Y. Yeah, that N and that Y is gonna get you <laughs> in so much trouble. Oh my gosh, guys, this is awesome. Welcome to the show. Hello, it's good to be here. I'm really excited. Hmm. It's so good to have you. So before we kick off and hear a little more about this backstory of psychology, hypnosis, show business, you mm-hmm. said something super interesting to me before in the green room, and I want to I want to kick off with that. You said you have a policy of radical transparency, where everyone in your company knows every number. And I know this is something a lot of business owners struggle with: how much to tell their staff, how much not, how much to reveal. And most business owners hold their cards very close to their chest. Bookkeeping is the hardest thing for them to give over. They never want anyone to know what's going on behind the scenes. Can you just tell us a little bit about like why did you choose to do that? The problem that most businesses have is attracting the really good people and then keeping the really good people you've attracted. And the reason people leave a business, if you look at any business, is usually because of they don't trust the people in charge. If you trust the people who are in charge, then you stick around because you know they've got your back. And one of the easiest ways to build trust is that everybody knows where you're at. So our staff are completely aware of exactly where the business is at, where that is compared to the plan. So they know that we are supposed to get to this point by December 2019. And as long as we're on track for that, everything is good. If we're not on track for that, things are kind of bad. And if things get really bad, we go to a, we go to a red light and we're like, panic! <laughs> they'll know if we get there. And they'll know. So it builds massive trust with us. And it means there's none of that sort of whispering behind closed doors of oh, what's happening there. If you could see our office right now, we have one room. We are open plan. The board table, the boardroom table is in the room right here because there are no, pri- there's no need for private meetings. The only exception is if it's a personal issue that a member of staff wants to talk about because, of course, they've got the right to that. But in terms of Rob and I sitting having a heated discussion about, no, my hair is better than your hair. No, my hair is better than your hair. <laughs> if we didn't have any of those discussions, we'll have it right. Sorry. We'll need- I might be Rob. I might be Rob. <laughs> what? There we go. That's just rude. It's the coloring. It's like they can see exactly where we're at, and that's really to the point that actually, very recently, we did. uh, So, I mean, obviously, we do have conversations ourselves first. You know, we we plan the business and then present it to them. So, we did a a whole day of strategy planning for the next quarter uh, and the next three years, actually, just very recently. And in that, there are details like the you know the salaries we want to pay ourselves out of the business and all of those things. And we were ready to take it through and present it to the staff. And we just sat and said, "There's nothing on here. There's nothing here." we want to take out we're just gonna we're just gonna show it to them like we've got nothing to hide so we just came in sat it down laid it out because they're not stupid they know why we're here they know we're not here because we really want to give you a lovely job and a fabulous place to work and buy pizzas at weekends like that's not the reason we're here the reason we're here is because at some point yes some point i want to buy a yacht you know i would love to buy seven (laughs) (laughs) and a and a maserati perhaps maybe just 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 the six right or a mclaren Anything beginning with M. Any car beginning with M. Maserati, McLaren, <laughs> Maford. Maford. <laughs> Have you seen Mustang? Mustang. Mustang. That's there the one. You've got the American brand there. You're like, what are they? Maple. But what about that awkward feeling of like, we pay our people way less than we pay ourselves. And then like, we're showing them, hey, we want to take out like 10 times as much as we pay you. Isn't that like awkward sauce? Nah. 
Uh, well, I think it's concerning for like we've got to remember that our, people are not stupid, and people know people can see like they can make a pretty good estimation as to how much turnover a company's making, like how much how, how much income it's making. So it's very easy then to go, okay, well, if you're not paying all of that on two members of staff, because we're a team of four, so if you're not paying pay that on two members of staff, the rest of it's going somewhere. You keep buying nicer clothes, go inside, <laughs> and you can go on holiday four times this year, or vacation four times this year, and know where it's going. Like, let's treat people like people. Like, I think, they're, they're smart. I think if you're worried about that, you've hired the wrong people. Like, totally. you need to hire the people who love what they do and of course, they're doing it for the money. They're doing it because they get paid for it. But they, they love what they do, and they love being part of what you build. And then, and they know that they're an, they're an employee. They are part of a team. Uh, and that's a different mindset to being the entrepreneur who builds the thing and steers the ship. We're so culture-driven. Even, even as a micro-business here based in the northeast of England, we are 100% culture-driven rather than anything else. So we've built a culture here purposely where they are addicted to the stuff that we do. They absolutely love the fact that, you know, Grace, who's our content marketing and partner manager, partner coordinator, um, she, her, she's like, oh, I'll just check in on that thing at the weekend or last night now at 2 a.m. I got this message from this customer. And like, we don't pay overtime. Like a train just belting down the tracks, doesn't stop, just plows on through the weekend. If something needs doing, just gets done. Do you remember that conversation? She came in one day and she went, so guys, I've got a bone to pick with you. We were like, yeah, what's that? She said, I was lying in bed last night. I was dozing off to sleep and I was thinking about something to do a response to me. And then I realized, damn it, you've got me. And, and, <laughs> and, and that's what it's about. It's about being infectious. What if you had a product and a culture where it's so, so towards a cause, so towards something that people can get on board with that they live and breathe it. They're going to make better decisions in the business and they're going to be there for you. I love it. I love it. And guys, all of you listening who are like, no, I can't tell my staff. And no, I so 100% agree with you. Um, yeah. It, it really is everything to trust your people, to have everyone on board, to have that one mindset. It's that sense of distrust of that tug of war. If you're concerned to let your team know your numbers, that's why there's a concern for them to know your numbers. Like 100%. it is what feeds itself. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, how yeah. do you get here? The cool hair, the cool office and all. What, what was this? this just mean like the <laughs> highlight version. Like Psychology, so, hypnosis, show business, email response marketing. Like what? So, yeah. So our background, as we, as you know, is in show business and entertainment. I'm actually a comedy stage hypnotist, which means that I travel around the place now for about three months of the year performing a comedy stage hypnosis show. Uh, Kennedy's a mind reader at corporate events, awards, dinners, uh, sometimes on cruise ships and that kind of thing. So you go out and read. Well, you, can, well, you talk about that. Yeah. So I combine psychology, body language, reading people, understanding people with uh, sort of Comedy, we'll call it loosely. Uh, people laugh anyway. Uh, at, at conferences and awards dinners like that. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. But and what's really interesting is in both of our jobs, and this is it's through that's how these, we became friends. This, yeah, exactly. We ended up we end up understanding people quite well. So we understand what motivates people, what it is that inspires people, what makes them take action, what causes fear, what stops people from doing the things you want them to do and stops them from helping themselves to take action. And so if you can use that and tap into that psychology then it's quite easy to then make a, an impact with a business and certainly come up with products that will actually help people to do those things. Mm. And along the way, that. we realized we have tons of time sitting around. So sometimes we'll travel for up to 20 hours or more, actually, to do one hour on stage um, with this massive traveling time. So that means that we spend a lot of time in hotel airport, uh, hotels, departure lounges of airports, uh, on the train, that kind of thing. And that's lots of time to sit around and not do anything. And people say, oh, that sounds very glamorous. And it's really not. It's really boring. And yeah, it's after, after that person's like been feeding you grapes for the first two hours, it becomes boring. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? So we that's what I said to my friend, by the way. Like, oh, sorry. You go, and then I'll tell you a really funny story. <laughs> so independently, years ago, we both started. We were both entertainers. We became friends through that. We met at a magician's convention, of all things. Yeah, and then off the back of that, we both started our own businesses. We both discovered the idea of building email lists and being able to sell stuff on the internet. And we both started info product business, so selling training courses, that kind of thing. Mine were about hypnosis. Yours were about helping entertainers to build a better business as an entertainer. Um, and that was it. We, we kind of grew from there. And along the way, we stumbled across a problem with the way we were marketing and something we wanted to solve. And that led to the creation of a piece of software. And that's where response we came from, basically. That's how we end up in this office and get to have this level of fun speaking to people like you every day. 
What was your story? I'm curious now. Oh, okay. So the story. So um, I, when I was flown out for a conference once, so I took a red eye out and then I stopped by an old friend to like freshen up, change and get ready to go speak. And she's like, just going on and on about, oh my gosh. And like, you're so glamorous. And she's like, you know, home with her kids. I'm like, I just want to ask you who slept in a bed last night and who slept on a chair on an airplane. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Very true. So true. That's the long and the short of it. You know, it it looks and it sounds so glamorous, but at the end of the day, who slept in a bed and who slept on an airplane? Yep. (laughs) Who saw their family? Who was away? Yeah. That that was the way we roll. Exactly. So tell me more about Response Suite. So I hear a little bit the journey and I totally get it. You know, marketing is all about the people, right? The way I teach it, it's the creation and communication of value of your product or service to your target audience to convince them to buy. If you know the target audience and you know how to create and communicate value and you know how to convince people of stuff, because that's what entertainers kind of do, you are a marketer. Like it's just built right. in. It's the same skills, the same skills about having an impact and talking to people and having communication. The problem with most marketing, especially now, is let me tell you a quick story. My dad called me up a few weeks ago now and he said, Kennedy, are you watching that thing on BBC on, on the TV? And I said, no. And the reason I wasn't watching that thing is because that's not how I or people of this generation consume content anymore. We don't, remember the days when we were all younger and we used to rush home from school or rush home from work to catch our favorite show? Now totally. we don't. I'm pre-scheduling my little um, DVR to make sure it like catches. I have before 100%. DVR, I actually got a TV VCR combo so that I wow. could time it to record my show in case I wasn't there. There you go. And what was your show? Do you remember? What was your thing? <laughs> Buffy Something the Vampire really Slayer. It was what? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Excellent. Brilliant. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, lovely, lovely. Okay, great. So we don't consume content anymore. What we do now is we go home and we use, we, we tune into my favorite show. I might be watching whatever the heck I'm watching this week. And I'm doing Netflix, I'm doing Prime, I'm doing whatever the service might be. And even now the BBC and the other proper TV channels are having to do these catch-up services online now because they have to fall in line. So the, that basically has bred a total, a total change in the way that people think about things and the way they expect things. So... If we are just mailing our lists or throwing content out on our platforms or however the heck you communicate with your audience, with your crowd, with your tribe, is just blanket the same to everybody, then it's no wonder people are seeing lower engagement, lower open rates, less comments on their stuff, less likes, less followers, because we're treating them like they're all the same. And I like to, we like to think of marketing as modern marketing as like, do you remember those choose your own adventure stories where you'll be flicking through and it's like, if you think the kid turned left down the scary street, you turn a page 26. And yes. if you think you turn right, they were awesome. I Imagine talk about them all the time. <laughs> right? Do you remember, was it Goosebumps, the R.L. Stein ones? Yeah. I don't think, I didn't used to read Goosebumps, but I used to read these other ones, which exactly that. If you, and that's it, everything today's choose your own adventure. That's, I, I, oh, I love you guys. This is exactly right. right. So, so <laughs> it's rather than blanket marketing, it's this thing called mass personalization. In fact, we'd go so far as to say that if you look at modern businesses who are really making headway right now, the idea, and I'm going to say something really controversial. So I know there's going to be a lot of people disagree with us, but think about this. Allow, imagine what would happen if this was true. You know that whole thing of create a customer avatar, create some personas? What if that really wasn't that relevant? Because does anybody fit into one of three, four, or five buckets? Probably not. Because I have very different preferences to everybody else who might fit into the bucket of mind reader because I've got extremely different tastes. So this idea that it's mass personalization where I have a whole bunch of different characteristics that make me individual and now you only communicate things to me which are exactly relevant to me, you're going to get higher engagement from me and from the next guy and from the next girl and from the next person. And that happens for every single person across that range. I mean, think about this as a really abstract example. Let's imagine somebody wants to get from London to Paris. They have the same basic goal. They want to get from London to Paris. But some people are the same. Are you Paris to Berlin? Paris to Berlin. There's a really cool song song about that. So people want to get from (laughs) London to Paris. Well, how how you get there is very different. I have a friend who would absolutely hitchhike from one place to the next. Then... Other people would like to drive and go over the Eurotunnel. Other people will only fly on a plane or they'll get the coach and take a coach trip. They're all trying to do the same thing, but they'd like to live that out in a totally different way. So 
we can't assume that just because somebody's coming to our audience because they want to achieve a goal that they are motivated by the same things, frightened about the same things. It's the same things keeping them up at night. They might be on the same highway, but they all want to take different exits to do the thing in their own way. And that's where response week came from, right? So Okay, but I got to contest you for a second on this because maybe we're going to say the same thing, but maybe not. So Mm -hmm. the way I teach it, I call it wide net, small net. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so fisherman goes out and he's got this net and he's going, he's catching some fish. And then he's like, hey, I got this net. If I make it bigger... I'm going to catch more fish. So he widens his net, throws mm-hmm. it out, and all the fishies throw, fall through the holes because when you widen a net, your holes get bigger, right? Sure. So that's generalized marketing to a general... Or you catch lots more fish, but you also, because you've widened the net, you also catch some tires. You also, catch, <laughs> you also get like a... You, you also get like, I don't know, a piston. Like you get, also get loads of stuff you didn't want. Fair enough. Fair enough. However, you can go out with a little net. So we call it micro-targeting, where you do design micro-avatars and you really picture your... Oh, so we're saying the same thing. Good. I thought you were saying no more target avatars. We're just saying micro-target. We're saying certainly not one. So the old idea of create your customer avatar and then stick to that is, is gone. This is a, a like, because whatever you do and whoever you sell, you don't sell to one type of person anymore. Even if okay. you think, well, I only, sell to, I only sell to pregnant women in their 30s, you might think there's only one type of person there. That's a customer avatar. Okay, only, only just. Ah, uh, demographic have, and psychographic. Okay, here's the they piece. all have different wants, emotions, fears, etc. That's the psychographic. So when right. you segment, so the way we design avatars, and I, and I think this is super insane, it's not just the demographic. People used to target just what we call demographic, which I think you could find yep. in a sentence and sent this. And that's what mass media did. I actually was speaking to a guy about taking the podcast onto general broadcast radio. And he's like, Esty, broadcast is broadcast. It's not yep. broad enough. And I'm like, but everyone wants this. But he was totally right. Podcasts are neat. And that's why podcasts are cannibalizing radio. Because right. everyone 100%. wants to hear it. They don't want to hear like some general show about money. They want to right. hear about dealing with money when you're married three years with two small children and two working parents. And how does that work? Absolutely. And what's great about the way that we work at Response Suite and what we help businesses to do is that you can build your business as broad and as wide as you want. You can build your email list. You can build your social following. You can build your audience as big and vast and wide as you want. The key isn't in who you attract and what you build. It's the way that you communicate with them. So it's- you need to just micro-segment them. So what, what we do at Response Suite is basically imagine for most people, a survey is what we call the cul-de-sac of marketing where you get some feedback on how well you did this month and did you do less badly this month than you did in the previous month? All you, you can do is look at some pie charts or whatever and, and say, go, that's quite good, that's quite bad, oh dear, I need to fix that. What if instead, rather than the end of a marketing or a sales process, what if a survey was the fulcrum? What if it was the moment that you end and get feedback on one marketing process and then you ask what somebody else needs next and begin the new sales process? So, hey, what did you think of our Twitter campaign we ran for you last month? That's great. Which of these is your current pain point? And now, because what we designed at Response Week is a survey application, which you can build super easy, but has marketing superpowers. So it actually talks to your email marketing system. It talks to your CRM. It builds your Facebook audiences. And, and it will continue to evolve into other technologies. So now, as soon as somebody completes a survey, not only do you have that feedback, but that feedback is not locked. It's not trapped inside of a CSV file or a pie chart. It's now tagging somebody in your Infusionsoft or it's tagging somebody in your whatever your CRM is. Wait, wait, now, now explain this. Hold on, because we're getting tech terms and guys, all of you listening, I will, I will define these, but first I have to understand what this thing does. Okay. What does the thing do? So imagine- no, I'm a if, I'm, I'm a ta- I geek out on this stuff. So explain right. it to me and then together we'll explain it to all our listeners who don't- well, Let's base it back yeah. right down. Yeah, so let's imagine that you have an email list of people or a social media following and you want to find out more about them, who they are, what they want and how you can serve them best, what program, product, service they need to buy from you. They're all going to be different because they're all at different stages and they're all at different levels. So you can run a survey. Now, if you use most survey applications, what happens is you say, what do you need? What's your biggest struggle right now? You'd ask some questions and people fill those questions in And then you can go and you can look at a pie chart or a bar graph and you can say, okay, great. 30% of my people want this and 70% of people want this. And that's great. But you don't know who those people are and nothing really happens other than you look at the data. What happens with response suite is as soon as somebody fills out that survey, what happens is it goes back to your email system and it says, okay, great. Uh, Jeff, 
he wants help with this and he's currently in this position. Whereas Carol, she wants help with this and she's currently in this position. And it segments them with tags or lists inside your autoresponder, inside your CRM. So now specifically every, on what they want. So now whenever you want to send a broadcast email to everybody, you think about who's going to help the most and only send that email to the people who care about that thing. So you don't lower the engagement from everybody who doesn't really care about that thing. And, and similarly, could... you can stick them in a campaign, which automates the whole thing. Does so make your sense? software is a, is a survey type yeah. thing. So I'm thinking like Google Forms, SurveyMonkey, Rocket Forms, whatever. Drag and drop a survey together. Mm -hmm. And it then will link to, let's say, my MailChimp, Active Campaign, Constant Contact, exactly. Drip, email tool that exactly. will then segment my list so that when I'm, so like we're launching a whole bunch of cool stuff right now. And we actually yep. do have segmented lists. You'll be proud of me. Um, I'm a marketer. Um, <laughs> and so the way we're crafting it, we're not even sending it to every segment of the list. And to each segment, we're saying, hey, you Linkfluencer, because like all of our LinkedIn people, we've got this cool thing coming up and here's how it relates to all your LinkedIn stuff that we've been talking about with you. Hey, exactly. my marketing person who downloaded my guide, here's your updated copy of your guide. And by the way, we've got this really cool let's thing coming imagine. up. Exactly. So let's imagine you've got one program, right? Mm -hmm. Let's imagine you are launched. What's your program about? Uh, my current program is Marketing Magic. We're entering our okay. second cohort and it's where you never waste money on marketing again. Okay. So we've got this Marketing Magic course. So this Let's is going to be a great example. Yeah, perfect. So you might go to your list and you might think, okay, I've got this one program. But each of the people in my different segments are going to want a certain benefit from that. They've got a certain objection to it. They've got a certain thing they're trying to achieve. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to market this one program, Marketing Magic, from that angle. So if one of your angles, and I'm going to make this up, so apologies, but you'll get the idea. If, if one of your angles is about how do I get more traffic, and you know that you've got a whole bunch of your people on, your, on, one, of, on one of your segments of your list, their tags or whatever, which, which really care about getting more traffic, you're going to say, hey, You've been, I know you've been struggling with your traffic. We've actually got four modules in my new program, Marketing Magic, which is all about how to get you to that place and then where to take it, for, take it next. And now every time you communicate with that segment, with those people, you're going to talk about how that course, how your program helps them do the thing they want to do. Because guess what? I'm afraid, and you know this, Asti, I know this. Nobody cares about your course. They don't care about your course. They just care about the problem they've got and where they want to get to now. They totally. care about the transformation that they're going to achieve at the outcome of having completed your course. And they care about how they visualize that. So if you can talk directly to the things that are in their heart and in their mind, and you can tap into that, that's when we start seeing sales. And this is where we start to see conversions. Oh, um, genius. Sorry, this, I just interrupted this, you. Okay, that's cool. you have to hear what I did. And... And now, because I'm talking to you today, I am going to do something totally different. Guys, all of you listening, you are going to make a change as of this second because of Robin Kennedy. I'm going to tell you the change you're going to make. So I- Is it dye your hair? <laughs> yeah, you know, I am desperate for hot pink. Um, I actually went um, to like, I did like a, a, a teal blue. Um, wow, brave, brave for, color. For, for like a day. It was a wig, but it anyway, was so cool. <laughs> Sorry, I totally derailed you there. It was so cool. Oh. Anyway, okay. Back to, to hair dyeing. No, what were we saying? Um, Making a change. We're all going to make a change because of Robin Kennedy's genius and fabulous. This is what we're going to do. So a lot of times, so I'm, I have a, this, um, I'm speaking at a conference soon. By the time this airs live, now you guys know when I record these, I'll have spoken at the conference already a month ago, but I'm speaking a conference and we've got these cards and we're launching this really, really cool thing. Five day challenge, which again, for all of you listening, it's already been launched. You've already been through it. La la. Okay. Um, but gonna happen and on the card it says it lists five different key pain points right. are you dealing do you need more help like what's your main thing branding advertising digital marketing including social media um and i don't remember the other two but they were good and then people <laughs> check off the boxes and right. then we only use that exactly how you always said. Give me the general idea for the general pitch. But now, because I spoke to Robin Kennedy, we are going to log in the system what boxes they checked off. So all of you guys who are getting my emails, you're going to be like, whoa, SD sent me an email that really speaks to me. Well, we opened the back doors over here on the podcast. Now you know why. <laughs> That's why it's happening. Well, I, we heard something. We were, we were interviewed on another podcast, or we had a, a guest on, oh, three marketers walk into a podcast. And somebody said to us, well, what about... But, 
People say the reason that they unsubscribe from email lists is because they get too much email. I'm gonna let you know. Uh, liars. liars. It's just, well, it's just, and I'll tell you why it's not true. I can tell you now, if an attractive lady was emailing me 42 times a day, telling me how handsome she thinks I am, I'm never unsubscribing from her. <laughs> you try, if you try and sell me, I don't know, something I really don't want, like, I don't know, like a sports something, a sports package about a gym membership, I'm unsubscribing immediately. Yeah. The only reason people unsubscribe is because they get too many irrelevant emails. And why irrelevant? I don't mean the offer's irrelevant. I mean the angle at which the thing you talk about with me is irrelevant. So how do we make it more relevant? And that's what we should try to be doing. Relevance, relevance, relevance. I love, love, lovely, love this. And guys, every single one of you, if you send a single email from the time you listen to this, you better segment it and talk not just to your people, as everyone says, but talk to the different pain points of your people differently. A little bit more work, way good, bigger return. I oh love my gosh. It. You'll see higher people, people open, your open rate will go up, your unsubscriber will go down and your sales will go up. But your thing is a, a software tool. So tell me a little bit more about this. You guys are, are high energy, serial entrepreneurs. Are you techies? Like, do you geek nope. out on this? So how no, did you end up managing a software company? Right. We are, we are the polar opposite of techie. Like we know barely more than the average person. Like, yeah, just not, because... I can't really tell the difference between my backslash and my semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, so many people, guys, like I, I hear people coming. I say, I want to make an app. I say, I want to make this thing. And like, I don't know anything about tech. Can I do it? And you guys are now going to tell them how. So entrepreneurs are just problem solvers. That's what it really is. That's what it boils down to. We have a problem. We solve the problem. So we had a problem. We needed a survey application that did all this marketing stuff. So the problem, the solution to the problem was build it. So that raises a new problem. How do you build it? Well, we'll have to find out how you build it. So uh, we uh, went on quite a journey to get to where we are right now. And we ended up hiring a recruitment company because we didn't even know what kind of technical skills our technical person needed to be. Like we had some conversations with developers, just people we met. And some people said, oh, no, it needs to be built in PHP. Some people said, no, it needs to be built in um, .NET. .NET. The thing is, we don't know what either of those things mean. So somebody said, ah, you can't build it in that because it won't be scalable, but you can't build it in this because then it's going to be too expensive to run and you can't build it. And we were like, well, we've only got your word for that. Like, and everyone on the like, internet disagrees with each other. <laughs> so in now. the end, we had to, so we hired a tech recruitment company, which obviously costs thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds on top of our uh, employee salary, but it was just the only way we could do it and solve that problem. So this comes down to our basic philosophy of employing staff and whether really you're at that point right now, or you're going to be getting to that point. The one piece of advice I've always taken on board that I took from my mentors and my mastermind is on, only ever employ people who are smarter at you, smarter than you at the thing they do. And the reason to do that is otherwise, why would you employ them? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many entrepreneurs spend so much time educating their staff that they can't run the business and be entrepreneurial. Whereas actually, I don't want to have to teach a guy how to develop software because I don't know. I don't want to have to teach uh, a marketing coordinator and partner, partner coordinator how to do that stuff because I've got other stuff to do. I want to outsource my time to that person so they can go do what they do. And if they're not doing it better than me, I've employed the wrong person. Yeah. And employ people who you would be really annoyed if they got employed by your competition or somebody else. Yeah. So like we hired people where, where in both circumstances after the interview, we said we have to hire them because otherwise somebody else will. Uh, that's our, baram our barometer. That's like, how would we feel if somebody else employed that person? If we were like, ah, it's not the right person. If we were like, I'd be devastated. I would cry and put love actually on for the whole weekend. <laughs> if that's the situation, that's the person you hire. I love it. I love the differentness of your thinking. Again, there's a book. Oh, what did he tell me? This guy, I can't remember the book now, but it basically is the exact, it's not the exact opposite hiring philosophy, but it's drastically different and it's a, a scaling strategy. So I think we need to differentiate. Your strategy is a growth strategy. It's an early stage strategy. Um, right. And for an early stage and growth strategy, it's 100% spot on. And I think people mix up and they try hiring for scaling strategy at the growth phase. Um, yeah, and that, and that cripples businesses and closes them. Completely. Because at scale phase, you want to get the best talent you can at the cheapest price, right? So if you're a law firm, you're going to be paying your lawyers, you know, at least 
70 to 100 to 100 dollars an hour depending on your caliber um you're not gonna be paying them 10 dollars an hour but you want right. to get the cheapest lawyer basically like they say like a players b players c players and i can't guys who are you listening to the podcast you know the book you can send me a message because i don't remember what it's called but basically you want to get the cheapest a player you always want to have the a players at the lowest cost and at but that's about strategy, margin and that's about return sd is it not exactly, right that's the scaling at this strategy. point the whole thing is about return even at any level so for us the best return we're going to get is with highly skilled, more expensive people. Totally. When, you get, when you get to scale, what you're looking for is the best return. At that point is a very different strategy. So Correct. the whole thing is like, what happens in terms of my return right now? Yeah. And I think guys, all of you listening, remember that when you're at the stage like Robin Kennedy, get the best people you could possibly afford or possibly sure. not afford, uh, mm -hmm. which takes us into... <laughs> What's a current struggle? Because you guys have this super cool company, super cool office, super cool hairdos. Um, what are you currently dealing with in the business? Keeping keeping my hair dye roots in check. It's already <laughs> it's pretty, always pretty brutal. It's always a pain. I mean, and that whole thing about radical transparency, like everybody knows where we're at. I mean, want to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, so there's an interesting complication actually to bring up along the way here, which is that neither of us have ever had a job. We didn't really mention that earlier. So we so, never like got in a car and went to the office. So we both left school, uh, did, when you went to university, I went to the bit that you normally do before university here. And then after getting but, drunk, but, but why? Yeah. But why <laughs> there, there's a bit before university in Britain. In our, in our last like two, three years of education, we were already getting paid as a side business to do the, the entertainment bit. And so okay. we left and just went straight into that. So we, that means we don't know anything about employing people other than what we're picking up along the way. So the point that we've had like our appraisals with our staff and we asked them what it's supposed to do. Like <laughs> what are we supposed to do? I, I, I'm not even joking. Like we literally said, how's this supposed to go based on your experience of previous We don't have any pieces of paper that need filling in because that's the way you're supposed to do it. As long as we're legal and compliant, the rest of it is like, do we need to think for this? No. Can we have a conversation? Great. So one of our struggles, interestingly along the way, is working out our method of achieving the things that companies are supposed to achieve. So making sure that you know they, we have these lovely appraisals and all of that stuff. And this has led to, like we said, this radical transparency, this whole thing of, we just want to say, look, we've never done this before. You've been in one of these meetings It's a before. truckload of learning. A truckload. Yeah, yeah. A boatload of learning. And so what that means is, like we said, the business, uh, everyone in the, in the business knows exactly where we're at. They know what the finances of the company looks like. And truthfully, that means that they are very aware of where we are in where we're trying to get to. Yeah. So the, the struggle that we have at this point in, 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 a, in a business, and you know, is it a struggle? Yeah. I mean, it's a struggle in that we've never been salespeople. And that is like, we're learning how to create traction in a marketplace. We know that our well, we don't have any competitors because nobody does this stuff. But in, in, a, in the SaaS environment, the software as a service environment, where the other companies, we interviewed a person for our podcast, uh, which will be coming out quite soon. And he works with SaaS companies and their budget on Facebook ads is three and a half million dollars a month. Oh my gosh. Right. So this is serious. And That's we know a lot that of money to spend it's, it's just a, on Facebook ads. Just on Facebook, right? And we can't compete in that thing. Like we do okay, but it's not three and a half million a month, right? Um, and I think, so what, we, what our struggle is, how do we compete with that while only having four of us in the team? So our time is poor and our pockets are not as deep. We are not VC funded. We don't have any backing. We didn't have anybody. We don't have a, a great uncle who left, left us an inheritance. No, we have to. Our biggest struggle is time and money. People say you've got time or money. We're like, dude, we've got neither. I always say that's the hardest thing. The hardest thing is if you either, you either have too much or too little of both. As long as you have one or the other, you can always trade. But too right. much is bad because people just get depressed because they lose their purpose. And too little is bad because you're just hands are tied. And don't get me wrong, like we're on we're on target. Like we know where the numbers need to be hit be hit be hitting and we're hitting them every quarter. That's great. But right now, we're both like, great, just just the two vacations this year then. You know, yeah, is, like this is the busiest we've ever been. And so what's interesting along the way, I think, with this journey is that our, in our background, we've sold ourselves, sold ourselves as entertainers and we've Dirty. sold info products, <laughs> but we've never sold a software platform before. And that is so radically different from everything else. So, so here's we the are question. Learning. Why is it different? Right? Because I, I am a salesperson. I do teach sales. I have a whole module in Marketing Magic just on sales. Yeah. 
the sales is just that piece. Again, I teach it as part of marketing. Me and my sales guy have a, an ongoing argument. He says marketing works for sales. I say sales works for marketing and I can prove it. You work for me. So, that's, right. so that's, always, I mean, that's where the argument always ends. You're still solving someone's problem. It's the same actually, thing. It's actually an interesting thing. So when you say, and here's a very honest approach to this. If you, let's imagine that we were teaching cookery right? I could teach someone who's never, ever cooked anything before how to cook something. I'm going to give them all the instructions. I'm going to show them how it works. I'm going to show you what ingredients to put in and what quantities, all the rest of it. That is easier than selling them an oven where now all they have to do is they have the tool, but they're like, oh, well, now what do I do with it? But then you don't sell an oven because you're always solving someone's problem. So if someone doesn't know how to cook and you want to sell ovens, you, what you do is you do cooking classes. Absolutely. And that is the approach we have found. Absolutely. We worked out that actually the solution here is to give people all of the stuff all, all of the, the training, training all, all of the, the everything. And teach a lot of stuff, give people everything that normal people would charge as like an online course. We share that stuff. So our initial struggle was realizing that actually you can, you can buy a course and that the kind of the outcome is prescriptive. Whereas if you sell somebody a tool, the outcome isn't so prescriptive. In other words, if they sell them the tool they need to fulfill the thing, they have to work it out. And so then the challenge comes in because we're used to selling the solution and not selling the tool for which you give away the solution. We then have to totally change our mindset of which channels are best for that. Are we having to get used to new channels that we're not currently experts in? Are we, are we having to learn new techniques and, and, and apply our skills in totally different ways and get it wrong a lot? Yeah, we're having to do all of so that. So what's stuff. interesting is when you sell an info product or a course, you get people excited about the outcome they're going to get and you tell them what they're going to learn and what it's going to do for them. And then they give you the money and then you tell them the how, right? When you, sell a, when you sell a software platform like this, the actual, it's, it's flipped. What happens is you're selling them the outcome and you have to give them all of the tools and all of the ideas, sorry, and all of the strategies and all of the methods to do it. So that the, at the end, the only thing left is to say, okay, great, I, well, I understand it all now. I know exactly what to do. I need, the, I need the thing that does it. And what's really interesting for all of us, and we all think this, we listen to trainings, we listen to fantastic podcasts like yours, and we think, that's interesting, and I get it. But what we have to do is we have to get in the helicopter and we have to fly up higher because in, at the granular level on the ground, when we're just wandering around, it's easy to think, but how does this work for me? I don't know how to do this. The thing is, the skills, like you say, are totally transferable. Everything is totally transferable. And you have to get in that helicopter, get off the ground and look at it all from that height to say, actually, I've already got the skills in me. I just need to apply them in these ways because our brains are segmented just like our email lists, our brains are segmented. So that it's very difficult for some people, me, I'm definitely one of these people, to connect the thing I do over here with, oh, you should just use that same skill over here. Oh, yeah, I should. And sometimes it just takes somebody else to tell you that. So that's been a really interesting journey about understanding, giving away the thing we would normally sell, the information, and selling the tool. And, and also like selling recurring SaaS. Nobody wants an extra bill. You know, and that's been, that's been an interesting thing to, to look at. Actually, we need to make people consume. Like when you sell a tool, if they're not using your tool, they're not going to stay around very long. Whereas if you sell them a course, we know the stats. People buy an online course. How many of them consume it? Actually, it's a very low percent, unfortunately. I had two thirds. I had two thirds. Well, that's, I mean, that's massively above average. Fully consumed because, because I'm crazy. Um, because of what we did <laughs> well, to get it done. But we had two thirds fully engaged in our cohort in Marketing Magic. Applause. And that's amazing. Amazing. But what's, and what's interesting is two thirds in a software platform you're going to lose everybody else. You're going to get cancellation. Whereas if you've paid, if people have paid for one thing up front, let's say they paid a couple of grand, they've paid up front. They're probably not going to ask for a refund. Yeah. You, you, you don't lose anything. Whereas next month you might go, oh, I didn't use that this month, but uh, I might use it next month. That's only going to last for three or four months of not using it. So we have to be really hot on getting it integrated, get it working, and most importantly, getting results for people. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Most people, we can tell them about the platform and they'll go, oh, that sounds great. I'll tell you what, I, I, I do run a survey sometimes. When I'm ready to run a survey, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. That's the platform I'll use. Uh, 
And so the, the, one of the challenges has become back actually educating people that no, 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 your current business is broken if you don't have a survey in it. And that's our genuine philosophy, by the way. At the moment, if you don't have a survey in your business, it's actually missing something that's not optional. It's an essential part of getting your business from where you are now to where you want and to be. And the reason for no, that is- guys, Hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. I gotta, I gotta stop you. Yeah. Because I, I found it again. I've had a business coach all the years and it's so hard to do this kind of stuff for yourself. So I'm gonna do this for you for one second. What is your audience's 2 a.m. problem? What are they laying awake at night? Your, your multiple avatars, psychographic profile, right? So with their personality and their needs and all of their stuff and their pathway, what's their 2 a.m. problem? When they're laying awake so at night. Exactly. In our strategy session recently, we, we came across this, which is for most of our customers, they believe their problem is that they need to get more customers and they also believe that- And that's they, hard. And that's hard and they get more expensive. And secondly, we're not making enough margin from our existing customers. And we, we know the solution. And the next piece of our thing is to actually activate that. And that is the, re, the way we help people with that is quite simply saying, hey, don't worry about selling to more customers. I realize that's shiny and exciting. Like you're, you're the caveman chasing the, the thing that you're supposed, like it's built into us to go and chase new. What if you've got, if you've got like a bunch of products on the virtual shelf, you've got a whole bunch of products, how many- Or the physical shelf. Or the physical shelf, right? How many of your products does the average customer actually buy? And on average, it's a very small percentage. It's either like 10 or less percent. What we've realized we do, and this is a fairly recent discovery, is we help you educate your existing customers that these products actually exist because most of them don't know they exist and then show them them and offer them in a way that's most appealing and most relevant to them. So now we, we suddenly came into, hang on. What, so originally, you'll see, if you're watching the video version of this, there's a banner behind us. And this is an old banner because the other ones are actually in the van when we do exhibitions and we speak of things. This is like surveys, but for marketing. That's the, that's the pre, uh, to, that's the 2018 message. We actually changed the message based on the, this discovery and the kind of question you just asked, like a really insightful question. And we actually now say we're actually about turning feedback into sales. No. Let me put let me no. put this in. No, no, no. That's not what so? you should say. Can I tell you what you should say? Because I am I'm a salesperson. Oh, I love it. Your sales pitch is you don't need new customers for more money. Our tool gets you more money from your existing customers, so you up your margins. So every dollar you spend to acquire that customer will now pay you back 50. That's the hook. Ladies and gentlemen, Essie just dropped the mic. <laughs> that's the hook and I got to tell you three other things because I know our time is limited and I know everyone listening is going to benefit also okay so there are three different things that you guys can be doing and again I'm, I'm a generalist right so like I like to say jack of all trades master of some um, <laughs> I love that Marketing and sales, master, Microsoft Excel, master, a couple of things <laughs> I, get, I get the master status um, wow. ClickFunnels is one of the best software tools that kills this Okay, Brunson is an educator and he does exactly what you just described, which mm -hmm. is he gives away all his trainings. Right. And you take his training and I took his trainings and I teach this stuff and I was floored. And I was like, whatever this guy sells, I'm buying because mm -hmm. he knows his stuff. And right. the trainings are all free. And when you're done with the trainings, you're like, well, and, and it's not the trainings you look at it and you're like, okay, there's five other tools that do this. But this is the guy who made this tool from this training. I want this guy's thing. And so his whole thing, it is, it's an education funnel, hitting the pain points and in. And your whole funnel is going to be an education funnel, but the pain point is not, I don't know, whatever thing you just said that I couldn't even remember. It's you don't need more customers for more money because boom, that's my 2 a.m. problem. And then I take it further. This tool is going to get you more money from your existing customers. Really? I'm listening and wait. I have more for you, okay? So then you have to have ongoing benefit. And so generalist, I pull tools from different places, yeah? Sure. You have to have ongoing benefits that are not just the tool because they might not use it one month, but maybe all your customers get a free marketing webinar, whether with you or with other experts that you bring in from your network, from your podcast, training that they'd otherwise have to pay for, that as part of your Brands as part of being part of your thing and again going into brand archetype. Maybe you're a sage archetype I'm not sure yet, but if you are you would totally do that and you would have special Complimentary trainings that non-members have to pay $300 a month for if they want to join it costs money But if you're a member, you get your special member code to get in and now I'm getting side benefits Now you start doing things that no one else is doing with software because you spoke to me 
<laughs> there you go. There you Super go. Super cool. Really interesting. Really awesome. Thanks for that. And then, and there's some real thing. alignment with the, with the direction yeah. we're taking there. Sure, as well, that's great. Cool. Yeah. And just like some real clarity. That's awesome. That's yeah. absolutely And I got one more thing for you. I interviewed Ooh. another guy on the show. Um, you can check out the episode. I'll send you a link afterwards, guys. For all of you, it was a mere writer of Cloud Task, I think. Um, mm -hmm. So what he has is an outsourced. He's out in uh, Bogota, Colombia, I feel like. Nice. Maybe it's not Bogota. Maybe it's just Colombia and it's somewhere else. He said it's wherever Narcos is filmed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or or sets, not filmed, wherever it's set. Um, right. And he's got an entire team of uh, account representatives and account managers. Mm -hmm. um, and what they do is kind of what you do, but for companies like yours, right? For SAS companies, keeping customer engagement, getting them upgraded from free to premiums, keeping them on top of it. So as you grow, taking a company like his, when you're small and you don't want to, you, you shouldn't at this stage be managing a sales team, his company and others like him, Outsource that function so you keep your customer, awesome. customer attention. That's cool. Okay, those that's are my cool. great things for you. I think Love it. Well. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's awesome. Brilliant. Bless you. That's grand. That's cool. Okay, now you can talk again. Sorry. I just, I was like, it's great. We have a, we have a client in, in Yorkshire here in the UK who has a, a small chain, like three um, spas. So like people go for massages and, and skin treatments and all the things they do in spas. Uh, and so she was, she had a customer feedback survey just to kind of keep an eye. So she doesn't do the treatments herself. She has staff who do the treatments. So in order to like maintain standards and make sure that everyone's doing as good a job as everybody else and all of that stuff, she ran a customer feedback survey where she'd be able to say, well, okay, you know, Carol's doing just as well as Jennifer is and all of that stuff. Um, and so what she found out about response suite swapped the existing customer feedback survey for response suite. We did a couple of things. First of all, we stripped out a load of questions she was asking that she didn't need, uh, which means that a load of completion rate on the survey went up. So more people are now filling out the survey, which is good because what's the point in having it if they don't fill it out? Uh, but in, in literally just under six months, she has increased her repeat booking rate, as in people who come once and then come for the first time and then come back again within 60 days. So within six months, she's increased her 60-day rebooking rate. That's a lot of numbers. By just <laughs> under 40%. So that's wow. like, no, above a third of people are coming back again faster, faster when they weren't before, just by with a, with a survey that's in the same place. It hasn't changed anything. It's just changed the, what it, the function of that survey from being feedback to being sales. I love it. On that note, guys, first of all, that was a great testimonial that should be on your website and all your collateral. Um, but that that's it. So guys, we are all going to be segmenting our stuff. We are all going to be getting response suite. So Robin Kennedy, where can people learn more about you and this tool and, and get set up and get access to all these free webinars you're going to start running now? Well, Esty, can we make a little confession before we tell you? Yes. You look very suspicious at this point. We had a secondary agenda to this entire thing. And we've actually had this going the entire episode. We didn't tell you about it. We certainly don't know the listener. We didn't tell the listeners. And that is, there's actually been a secret theme to this episode that Rob have been using metaphors for. Uh, we've been using metaphors for this throughout the episode and everything has we've been describing. nothing to do with surveys, marketing, business, employment. It's got nothing to do with anything. It's a completely random theme. And if you've been listening really closely, we're hoping you can guess what it is. In fact, if you listen back to the whole episode, again, you will almost certainly hear what that theme was. And if you can guess what it is, for example, if the theme was farmyard animals, it's not. But if it was, I might say, so I was there pigging out on my favorite chocolate. So that kind of thing. Yeah, it's that kind oh, of thing. What okay. is the secret theme? If you know, if you, if you figured out what it is, tweet us at response suite. And whoever guesses it will figure out some win kind of prize. prize. I don't know what the prize is yet. Yeah, you can win an old pop-up banner. Yeah, yeah. No, Do you'll something. win something. Free, free, yeah, free something. Uh, yes. However, in terms of response suite, uh, well, actually, I mean, you can, we, ha we have a 14 day free trial for anyone who wants to try response suite. Actually, I would recommend not going to response and signing up there. We actually have a deal for the listeners on the podcast where you get some extra stuff included in your 14 day free trial. So you get a 14 day free trial. That means you've got two full weeks to try it out uh, and actually get it set up. We'll get it working in your business and actually get it profitable before you actually pay us any money. Um, so 14 days for free, but included in that, we have a couple of things. The first one is we have a four-part training program that we put together called the Survey Marketing Masterclass. It's eight different marketing campaigns that you can use surveys in uh, in order to grow your business. So that's things like webinars, membership sites, high-ticket coaching, etc. Uh, it was $497 when we used to sell it, but uh, we, we, it's not even on sale now. Uh, but we're going to throw that in if you take the 14-day free trial. <gasps> but that's not all. And uh, <laughs> a one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one call with implementation call with either Kennedy or myself we don't like outsource it to a member of the team, like we'll do it. 
um, and we'll help you build it. So we'll help you work out what questions you're supposed to ask and why, what the purpose is, what your big mission in your business is right now, what, what's the quickest win for you to start getting a result. And that call's completely optional. So if you'd rather not speak to us, we won't be offended. That's fine. Too. No, we'll guys, you have to speak to them. They are so much fun and you should video call them because they're so much fun to look at. <laughs> uh, so if you uh, want to get that, don't go to responsesuite.com because then you won't get all the extra stuff. Uh, and the call and the course is yours to keep, by the way, even if you don't remain a, a response suite customer. That's fine. That's um, so yeah, all you have to do is head over to responsesweetdeal.com forward slash SD. Ooh, oh, I get my SD own SD. link. Okay, guys, sdran.com slash 65. Um, I'll plunk that link in there as well. Or you can go directly to response suite deal slash SD. And that's E-S-T-I-E for any of you who misspell my name. Of course, deal. nobody would dare. <laughs> they do. They totally do. It's very confusing. That E at the end gets lost sometimes. Oh, that's so cool. Guys, I got my own special link. You better use it. Okay. Robin Kennedy, listen, they need to know that you're listening as much as I know you're listening because I don't show them my backend stats. So you go and you click that link so that Robin Kennedy know that you're listening, even if you don't keep the trial. Joking. Um, but no, this stuff is gold. These free trainings that used to be charged for it, guys, these are super good deals. I highly recommend it. Obviously, Arvin Kennedy really know their stuff here. Guys, this has been so great. Um, so I like to surprise my guests at the end also, like you did with your tweet thing. And I like to ask you for a quote. Uh, it doesn't have to be your favorite quote of all time, but it can be. But I love like when you like kind of tie wisdom into like a one-liner to send everyone on their day. Mine is, I believe, credited to Tony Robbins, and that is the quality of every outcome is directly proportionate to the quality of the questions that you ask. Uh, oh, that is so fitting to like exactly everything you guys stand for. I love it. <laughs> we actually have a, we have a quote in the, in the office as well. It's on a sign that is just on the other side of the office. It used to be behind us, but we moved it. It's now over there. Um, and it says change is constant. And it's all about the fact that we have a strategy, we have a emotion, we are constantly you know, moving forward, but we are very aware that stuff changes and stuff has to be flexible and you have to be willing to bounce and move around and just and, and live on your toes, like live permanently on your toes and able to like nip around and be nimble and quick. And, and that's the kind of the way that we've built our business. I love it. And that's why small business is winning now and big business is like this giant, you know, boat yeah. that's trying to maneuver and we're all kayaks and we're like, Wee, we're winning, we're winning. Totally. Love this. <laughs> Love it. Guys, everyone go to response suite deal slash SD. We'll stick that exact written link at sdran.com slash 65. And I still want your reviews because I want to hear what you love and I want to hear what you love more. And I want to hear what other kind of people you want me to interview. And I want to hear what you love more. So take one minute of your time after Robin Kennedy and I took a whole bunch of our time and go and leave me a review. And for those of you who have been leaving reviews, I love them. I read them all. And then I read them all again. So thank you. Robin Kennedy, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank Absolutely. Our pleasure. Thank you. All right, guys. We will catch you next week. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours? <laughs>